there, this is Tiff and welcome to the Tiffany Micah podcast. What we do here is we solve your problems so that you're out there working on achieving your big dreams and big goals. So when you listen to these episodes, if you can do me a favor, take a screenshot of the episode that you're actually listening to, share it on social media and share it with your friends with hashtag potential with tip so that i can give you a shout out and really thank you for listening because i'd really appreciate it hey there this is tiff from tiffany micah podcast and welcome to today's episode when you lose how do you feel when you lose feels awful doesn't it Ugh. it's not a good feeling when you lose is it it's not like you feel like a failure you feel like you're not good enough, you let yourself down, you feel like you let others down, and it is, it's much better to, to win, isn't it, than to lose. I get it. I used to feel like that a lot, and like I've talked about, you've heard, if you've heard me before, you would have heard me talk about that a lot, like it was really difficult in my tennis career when, when I was losing matches. But how we want to be looking at this is, losing is as part of learning you're actually not a failure and it's not that you're not good enough and you haven't let yourself down and you haven't let others down like I said losing is it's all part of learning but the reality is is that these losses are part of the learning process and sure you know what it's great to win like I've said before, it is. It's awesome to win. It's a great feeling. But think about it too. The professionals lose as well. They don't always win everything. Everyone expects a professional to be like a machine. And I know we've talked about that in a previous episode about striving for mastery and about being machine-like. But losses do happen. And the thing is, is we need to ensure that we're learning about the losses. Okay, we're learning from the losses because that is so, so important that we're learning from them. Because if we're not learning from the losses, how do we expect to improve? We don't. We can't improve because we're not learning anything. All we're doing is feeling like a failure. We're feeling like we're not good enough. We're feeling like we're letting people down around us. We're feeling like we're letting the team down. We feel like we're letting ourselves down. And like I said, if, in, I talk about this a lot in, in episodes about my tennis career, my short-lived tennis career, because I don't want you to be going through what I went through. This is the whole idea of why I created the podcast. This is the whole idea of why I've written the book that I've written. Because I don't want you to feel like a loser like I did. I don't want you to feel like a failure like I did. I don't want you to feel like you're not good enough like I did. I don't want you to feel like people were making fun of you behind your back like I had. I don't want you to feel like, you know, when people come up to you and ask you questions, how did you lose to that person? What went on there? Gee, you must be pretty hopeless if you lost to her. And I look at it and I look back and I go, I wish I had someone who said, you're right, you know what, Tiff? Let's have a look at your match today and let's, have, let's look at these two simple questions. Oh, do you know what these two simple questions are? What worked and what didn't work? 
Very simple questions. And I've talked about that in Strive for Mastery. If you heard the um, previous episode, we looked at when we evaluate what worked, what didn't. Wow. Could you imagine the excitement of someone saying, hey, all right, so what you lost? It's all part of the learning experience. Okay, what could we what what could we work learn from this? How exciting would that be? Oh, okay, great. Okay, all right. I didn't do this, this, and this well, but I did this, this, and this really great. And then and then you go off, and then you start working on all these things that you need to be working on, and continue to improve the things that did work to prepare for your next tournament. Now, that's way more exciting, isn't it? Of course it is. But what if you didn't have someone to say that to you? And most likely you don't. But you know what? That's okay. That's why I'm here. I'm here to prompt you. I'm here for you to think about it. I'm here to help you. Because like I said, I don't want you to go through what I went through. So you can do plenty of things here to get feedback where to improve, but but before we actually do that, I want to go over this bloodline code. Yeah, we're doing another bloodline code, embracing failure as feedback. So what do I mean when we embrace failure as feedback? Okay, so what I mean here is when you lose, it is not failure. It is a result of your current performance. You ruthlessly decipher where you failed, okay? So you go back and you evaluate. You distinguish between your current reality and your ultimate performance. And you plot your strategy to advance you forward, never choking on your future performances. So when you're embracing failure as feedback, that's what you're going to do. So what are the main points? Because I want you to be thinking about what are the main points out of embracing failure as feedback? One, the result of your current performance. You've got to look at it. Number two, you've got to decipher what didn't work. We also look at what did work, but I want you to decipher what didn't work. Number three, I want you to compare to where you are now to where you want to be. And number four, I want you to plot your strategy. So what can we do? How can we do this, get this feedback thing in place? Because in the bloodline code, I talked about striving for mastery. And we talked about how you could track or measure what you're doing. Didn't I? I I talked about that. So there's things here in what we can actually do in order to do that, to evaluate, okay? So what I want you to do here is I want you to get your notebook out and I want you to get ready to listen to what I have to say here, okay? Because we need to make sure that how are we going to do this? How are we going to embrace failure as feedback, okay? So that's all we're going to do. So let's look at, uh, I've got a couple of sports here that we could look at, but I want you to be thinking about your sport because I may not mention the sport that you're actually doing, but I'll mention some things here that that could help you just to get you to start thinking. It's all about tracking and measuring what you're doing. 
much deeper level than what actually went on in the strive for mastery because the strive for mastery was more about what you need to do to craft the skills to, to get them to that form of excellence. This is things in what you could do when you're actually out competing. Now, when you're playing tennis, because I'm going to use tennis here as one of the examples, but when you're playing tennis, it's a bit difficult for, you, for yourself to track what's going on. Maybe what you could do is someone that you trust, you could actually get them to track your performance on specific shots or skills, um, how you operate. You could maybe make some notes when you're changing ends about uh, what your emotional state is like when, when you're performing and so on because those are quite interesting also to look back at. So I want you to be thinking about that kind of thing. But you could get someone to track, you know, like what you see on the TV when you're watching the tennis or when you're watching the professionals play and you see their percentage of serves in and out. So what you could do here is you could get someone, like I said, to track it for you. And you could have a little box set up and you could have first serves that, that have gone in and first serves that have gone out, second serves that have gone in, second serves that have gone out, the amount of double faults that you've had in the match, forehand winners, backhand winners, net winners. Um, you could even get your um, a person, another person or the same person to actually track your opponent as well at the same time. So if you've won against that person you could identify between the two of you well what was your what what were you better at what were they not so good at and also vice versa when you've lost to someone you could go oh well they're you know they're higher percent they had a much higher um service percentage uh they made more forehand and backhand winners or they made more net winners and so on you could really decipher what's going on there okay uh now let's look at golf some simple things like how many fairway shots you've had off the tee Oh, how many greens you've had in regulation, how many putts you've had on in the round, so you track each putt as you go, um, how many shots it's taken you from the tee to the green or how many clean shots you've had. Easier for golfers because they can track as they go, much harder for tennis, so that's why it'd be good if you are a tennis player to get someone to do it for you. Same with soccer. Soccer would be very difficult to track for yourself, but you could get someone to do that for you. It's like how many times, um, how many passes you made, uh, how many tackles you made, how many times you, you broke away with the ball, or how many times your feet, feet actually got to touch the ball throughout the game, how many shots you had at goal. You know, you could be looking at things like that. Uh, swimming could be how many strokes for... Uh, 50 meters if you've got a 50 meter race or a 100 meter race or whatever how many strokes you've actually taken and you could monitor that too and, and write down the time and go okay it's taken me so many strokes to get to for the 50 meters what if I had less strokes with that uh less strokes and be more efficient would would that work and increase my time or would it decrease my time? You could be then looking at that to evaluate. Uh, you could also be looking at um, what your speed is like for your first 20 metres of your race and what your speed's like in the last 20. There's just some things that you could be thinking about. But if you actually started tracking, and, you know, I get so many people to, to track their game. I've got a really simple tracking sheet set up that people can do but you know most people don't do that because and then they just oh well I played bad today well actually no if you tracked what you're doing you could actually identify what was going on here so 
if you if you track these things, remember I said in striving for mastery, it's the attention to detail, isn't it? So if you track some of these things, guess what? You're getting feedback. You're getting feedback. It's it's really exciting. I know when I started tracking everything that I was doing, especially in golf, I didn't do it in tennis. I wish I had known that. But in, when I started tracking things that I was doing in golf, I was like, oh, great. Okay, I need to improve this area here and I need to make sure I'm doing this here. How amazing is that once you discover what's going on there? So if these were being done throughout your games, wow, the amount of data that comes up for you. Because what actually happens when you actually look at the numbers, because numbers don't lie, it actually gives you a really clear picture of where you're at right now, okay, reality, but it gives you that really clear picture. So you want to... make sure that you can set goals for them as well. So not only, um, I mean, the first the first few times when you're actually doing it, it's going to be really new to you and, and so on or someone that's tracking it for you. But what you could do is, uh, you know, you could do it for a few weeks and so on, get to get an idea and, and see what, what's going on. And then you could actually set goals for your tracking as well. So when you're actually setting goals on tracking what's actually going on, what you're, you're really looking at, you're focusing on improving specific areas in your game. And when you do that, you know what, this is the magic and this is what most people don't do, but this is what you're going to do. When you actually do that, the score actually takes care of itself. It's quite amazing because what actually it does, it teaches you to stay in the moment. It teaches you to focus on specific things that you need to be focusing on. And I've done that many times, like I've said, with especially with golf. And when I, when I get a really keen golfer that's really keen to do this, they can see the, the difference. It's quite remarkable. It's quite remarkable actually what happens. And what happens is that if we look at it from a, I'm going to give you an example like from a golf point of view, is when we look at uh, a golf client that I've had that has actually done this and tracked everything because what happens is when the handicap comes down, it does get harder to perform. And we only, you know, you only see the top players are actually playing, but there's a lot of players out there playing golf who would love to improve their performance level. And if you're a junior golfer, you should be doing this as well. But you want to be focusing on the process, which is tracking these things. Because what actually happens is a lot of people in golf, a lot of people in soccer, my niece's soccer team do this as well and the parents do this in the soccer team. They all just focus on what the result is. They actually don't focus on uh, what the process is in order to create the result and then what happens is because when they focus on the result, they're in a mad panic and that actually happened on the weekend. Um, what actually happened on the weekend when my niece's soccer team was playing, there was one of the players who didn't show up he couldn't get there. His parents couldn't get him there. And he was a key player in the team. And the parents were like beside themselves because all they were worried about was the score. And I said, and I'm a co-coach, so I'm not the actual coach. So I'm just supporting the other coach. And when he's not there, I just take over. But I said, like, this is really good for the kids because it's teaching them to step up and focus on their skills and improving their skills. It's not about the score. 
It really isn't. The score will take care of itself if we focus on the, the improvement of the players. Okay, so if you focus on the improvement of, of yourself. So when you track what's actually going on, this is the magic. The result actually improves. Okay, it really does. So this is what I'm going to get you to do. We've got five points here. That's why you need your notebook ready, okay? So number one, what I want you to do is identify what areas or what skills in your sport you can track. So I've explained how to do that. So if you can't remember, just go back through the episode here, uh, beginning of the episode, and I'll share with you how to do that. Number two, create a table that is really easy to use, right, so that you can do your tracking. Number three, then you track those specific areas and skills. You don't have to track absolutely everything. Just focus on like, you know, maybe three, four or five skills or something like that, something specific that's really going to help you, okay? Then number four, analyze the results. So actually have a look, okay, what's going on here? Then you just repeat the process. Now you could actually do that. I always suggest when I do it with golfers is do it for six weeks. If you did that for the next six weeks, have a look and see what comes up for you after six weeks. You'll have some really interesting data because when you get that data, then you know what you need to be working on to improve. And it's like, like I said, when we're embracing failure as feedback, it's, all, it's really to help you to get to where you want to go. Okay, really, really simple things. So these five points again, one, identify what areas or skills in your sport you can track. Two, create a table that's really easy to track. Number three, track those specific skills and areas. Number four, analyze the results. And number five, repeat the process. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. And I would love to see what results you come up with with regards to putting these together. Um, So if you'd love to share it with me, reach out to me at tiff at tiffany-mica.com to send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. And guess what? I want you to dream big, believe in you, and go after your dreams. Have an absolutely awesome day. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions about the frustrations that you're actually going through right now, come over and visit my site, tiffany-mika.com, and you will see on the homepage I've set up Ask Tiff. Now, what Ask Tiff is, is this is where you can ask me a question and I will record an episode for you on how to solve that frustration or those frustrations you're actually going through so that we can get the problem solved for you so that you're actually out there achieving your big dreams and goals. So if you want me to mention your name in the episode, happy to do so. If you don't, I can keep it anonymous. It's fine by me. But make sure you go over and and go to the Ask Tiff on the homepage of my website. If you've just got 30 seconds to spare, I'd also appreciate if you could leave a five-star review wherever you hear these episodes. And remember, take a screenshot, add the hashtag potentialwithtiff so that I can give you a shout-out for sharing these episodes on social media. I'd really appreciate it. And remember this, always, always, always dream big, believe in you, and go after your dreams.